Okay, here we go now. Well, welcome to Old Dog New Tech, the podcast that explores edtech ideas, innovations, and integration methods from the experienced old dog side of things. My name is Jeff West, and I've been a K-12 music educator for 27 years, and I am passionate about edtech. I love using it. So let's get started at taking a look at how this can be used in your classroom. Well, here we are, episode 54 of Old Dog New Tech. This is Jeff West. It's been a while. I could list off all the things that have kept me from doing some podcasts, but uh, that's not what this podcast is about. Let's just say I've been busy. But during that busy time, I have been using uh, a couple of tools, Google tools primarily, um, to create content, to communicate, and I wanted to share uh, one of them with you and the things that I do with them and tell you a little bit about maybe something that'll help you or something you're looking for. So today is about slides, the uses for slides that I have found. I have, uh, let's see, one, two, three, about four. Yeah, we'll go with three. Let's back it up one. First off, I have um, a daily agenda. I use slides to create my daily agenda in my classroom. And then I embed that or link it to a learning management system that I'm using. But you could put it on uh, a Google site or any website. And then all you have to do is update that slide uh, deck, excuse me, the slide deck. and making sure that your first slide each day is your current day and then uh, people could go back and see what you've done if you're putting assignments or objectives or whatnot on there they could go back and see what you, what's going on or what they missed if they're absent or want to review you can put content on their videos you can link um, i also link to other slides for announcements because uh, my announcements tend to get a little long especially this time of year when we're ending one year and I'm starting my next year as a band director, I'm starting fall season, marching band next year, getting next year's freshmen all set. So that's one. Another way is kind of, uh, and I have done this for a program, used slides as a program, but it's kind of like a, a book. You could also create a book you just have to go into uh, file and change um, the way the the slides appear instead of landscape put them onto portrait or you can even change the uh, the margins and so forth if you wanted to and then uh, lastly uh, and I know I mentioned web page putting your the agenda on a web page but I created um, a slide where I put a table that I linked uh, many different agendas and itineraries of upcoming events. So then I put that on the website. I also linked it and sent it out in an email to parents so they can get a hold of all of that. And then I will have all of these slides for next year. And I can update those um, itineraries and agendas because those were all in my drive. So how do we do this? What's the what are the steps? 
Well, first off, in the program in the web page um, link, you want to be sure that your slides are shared so that anyone can see them. Even if you put them in a website, you still have to put that uh, sharing permissions to anyone with the link can view. A lot of times it will go on uh, when you're putting it on and you'll see it just fine and then you publish your website and others then will, you'll get all a bunch of requests for permission to view because it's still private even, even when they go to view your website. Um, I guess that's the direction Google went to figuring that most people want things to be private until they don't. So, you know, um, I have said in other podcasts, I always just have a folder in my drive that anything that I want to be sure people can get to, I just put it in there and make sure that folder is open for anyone can view the content that has the link. And that's usually the best way to go about it. So when I did the program, I usually, you know, use the title boxes to create the titles and so forth. But the one real cool thing I um, have started to utilize a little bit is inserting a table or even cutting and pasting, copying and pasting, excuse me, from uh, a sheet, a Google Sheet. And when you do that and you uh, paste it in the slide, you'll get a little box that pops up that says link this to the sheet or do not link. And for the most of, most of the times, I have always clicked do not link uh, because it was going to be a one-time use. But when I am updating things on the uh, documents that are in that sheet, so let's say I list, I have a, a trip that's happening, a concert that's happening, and um, uh, an upcoming parade. Let's say that's three things on the in the sheet of agendas. And the time might change on one of those and one of those events so all I have to do because I have uh, linked the documents and put them in the list on that sheet I go into the document and make the changes those automatically then um, are there when the people uh, uh, click the link on the web page to go see the agenda to update it uh, and then of course I can do that next year so I don't. I wouldn't have to recreate and then relink and then do all that. It's once you do it one time, it's there. And I find that uh, that's a, a a cool time-saving feature. I find that to be um, uh, efficient. And then I also have shared that aspect with my with my students, um, trying to get them to say critically think about how they're going to use things they're creating so that they don't have to go back and recreate or they can take that same document. Of course, you can always make a copy of it to, to change it, but I find more and more that when I'm making documents, I'm sharing them. I'm not oh, I'm making something just for me, per se, but it's always to be shared and sent out and I don't have to, you don't have to, you know, go to the copy machine. That's a nice thing, but so, um, on the web page, so I have a table or a sheet where I have created uh, titles of each of the events. Okay, so it says parade, concert, and oh, I forgot the other one already. Parade, concert, and um, the same meeting. And 
you highlight each of the text in that table or that sheet and you can then link your documents to those to the, each of those titles as they may as they as they apply so once that's complete then you put it on that slide you're able then to uh, take just that slide and put it in your website now this would be starting out with a new slide deck I think I skipped that part you don't want to have it be a part of another because then you would link the entire slide to that to your web page so you put the one slide in there as and it looks kind of like a portion of your web page because you can create course colors and put uh, visual pictures whatever it is you might want to do change the font um, and once it once it's put in uh, Google Sites, you can mess with the um, margins to make it bigger or smaller. And usually, there's still the same play bar down below, you know, to click. But since there's only one slide, it won't go anywhere unless you want to do that. Unless you want to um, have other slides that have the details, you could also link to the title say if I had concert and then I create a, a slide with the concert details on it and in another slide I would right click on the slide containing the details for the concert and click it says hide slide and then you'll want to create on that hidden slide a little back button that is then linked to your first slide so that basically your first slide acts as kind of a table of contents of all of the uh, different details, uh, detail slides. So let's say I would have a total of one, two, so if I had three events listed on the table, I'd have four slides in the slide deck, the table of contents being the only one that is unhidden or not skipped. Okay. So that is a very useful tool when trying to create and communicate multiple events. You can put that on a website. Now the one thing that it kind of holds back is I wish I could email that, but Gmail doesn't quite have that capability. You could link it. You could put a link there so everyone then could click. And um, I'm a big one though trying to eliminate clicks. So if you get an email, I would like it to be there so they don't have to go anywhere, but you can't put the entire thing that interactive in the body of the email. You can, however, take and under file, go down to download as and download that one slide as a PNG and then put it in the body of the email so that people know what they're looking for. So you go to the website, look for this, click on the titles to take you to the detail. Now it's that same type of idea that I use when I'm creating a program, I'm trying to go as paperless as I can. And it also gives me a lot of options for, you know, cr creating um, a little more interactive program for the audience that they can go and see details about the pieces of music we're performing or the composers or the soloists and give them more information about the, about the music. Um, I like it for the not using as much paper aspect 
because uh, I always seem to have extra paper left over and then what do you do, you just throw it in the recycle bin, I guess, you know, that, what else? But in this way, they can use their devices to read the program. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that aspect here in the next segment and then also get into how that could send you toward uh, creating a book uh, or which would be more of an activity for your students. So when I um, was using Google Slides, I created a program, as I was mentioning in that previous segment, and uh, it had oh, several different pages. And actually, at one point, I think in my holiday program, I had students create slides for each of the pieces we were playing, and then I chose a few and um, copied and pasted them into the program that I shared with the audience and they were able then to click the links of the titles of the pieces and go see more information and there were videos there and links to composer or arranger information so I, it was very nice uh, to have the a capability to challenge my students to you know critically think and be creative but then also give the audience a nice product to look at, that didn't cost me uh, an arm and a leg. So, but as I did that, I thought, you know, this is, I had read several articles and listened to podcasts that talked about creating books using Google Slides and that you have to go into file and go to uh, page setup and change it to an eight and a half by 11 so it looks like a book. So then when you're finished and it's on the device, you can actually tap it and it's held like a piece of paper. Um, and then slides will adapt to the size of the doc, uh, excuse me, device. You know, so if you're on a tablet or if you're on a Chromebook, and you can, with each of those pages, then create links so that it's almost like you could create a choose-your-own-adventure type of book or just simply a picture book. If you had them find some pictures and maybe a few words about what's going on, you know, it can be as simple or as complex as you would like it to be. In my case, it was fairly complex because the front page, or the first page of my program had the names of the pieces and details and so forth, and I put on a nice background uh, for the holiday. Um, uh, it was snow and a sleigh and that kind of thing. And um, then each of the titles were linked to other slides within the deck. And to review that, I talked about that in the first segment a bit, but to review it, so you're going to start with a new slide deck. And you're going to go to File and then um, uh, Page Setup and change it to Landscape. Or you can go into Custom if there's no Landscape, and, uh, excuse me, not Landscape, Portrait. Um, if there's not that capability, then go into custom and create it as a eight and a half by 11. Now on a side note, a friend of mine is getting ready to create his program and he needed it to be a little smaller because he's actually going to have one printed, which is going to cost a, you know, cost a little money, but it's a very special occasion. So it's a good thing to do. And, uh, 
once he has that prepared with his pictures and his documents and things he wants in there, he can send it to the printer in the format that they want, and then they can also work with it and edit it as need need be. So um, you'll be able to, if you wanted to print these final products, you could do that and get them, you know, professionally done if 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 that's what you want to do. So you change the document margins setup under page setup and then go in and start adding your background but you know click on that and up in the uh, just above where the slide is at it says background and you can put image or just color and then change the text box and put a border around it and shapes and so forth and most of that you you probably are familiar with I but the the big thing for me is that then once you start putting say your pictures in if you wanted to create an adventure or you wanted to say click here to find out what happens next then that could just go right to the next slide you could link it to the next slide or you could link it to a different slide if you had choices for click here if you want them to go left click here if you want them to go right and then your story jumps to that slide. Now the key in all of this to making this work is understanding that in uh, under no right click on your slide and you'll see a menu in the right click menu. If you're a Chromebook user the two finger tap gives you that menu and down oh about a quarter of the way is a choice for um, skipping the slide. I think I had said hide the slide. I think that is PowerPoint, but it's skip skip the slide. And that slide then doesn't appear when you click play and you're presenting uh, the book. It you won't just go there next as you click onto the screen. So you can have your choices on whether you want that to happen or whether you don't want that to happen. And that's simply done by going in right clicking or two finger tapping uh, onto the slide uh, that you're working with to make sure that it is either skipped or not. And when you, once you do that, there's a little gray shade that comes over the slide and a little eye shape with a line through it to say this is not that it's skipped the key is making sure that when you create these skip slides that you create a back button or back to the home page or a link to another slide so if you have your front page with your title of your book and then the next page something happens and you have a couple of choices and they link and go to that to the next slide of the of their choice then you need to have another choice a couple of choices and that goes to those slides when you're all done <clears throat> when you're all done with that you could put in a link to a google form to just ask some questions about, hey, how did you feel when you did this? Or why did you choose it that way? Just something to maybe get them to think, the reader to think a bit or to review about what they're doing. So 
about what yeah what they're doing or how the choices that they made so when you right click on that it is it was new slide duplicate duplicate slide and then skip slide and that's when you want to uh, put skip slide and it'll always have a link somewhere so for them to go unless of course it's the end and then you would just you know have that clearly on there the end and there, there's your book now if you want to have that printed you could download and that would be where you would click file and download as and your choices you have pdf png you know uh, most printers will tell you what what format they want it in so i just think that that's a really cool way to give students some freedom to to um, uh, cultivate and facilitate the learning instead of say dictate or um, lecture i think that helps develop other skills that students need other than understanding the content that you may be focusing on at the time so google slides my uses i created a program for my concert which kind of led to a book idea creating a book and then you can create a single slide which you can put on a website that has links to um, other documents that you've created and be sure to put them in a shared folder one that anybody with the link can see the document and make sure they can also see the slide otherwise you just get a bunch of those requests for permission emails and you have to go in and do it individually which can be a little time consuming all right i hope you found these helpful stay tuned for your treat It's Tech Treat time. Thanks for making it this far through my podcast. Hope you're enjoying it. This is a shorty, quickie and a shorty, remote for slides. Um, when you, you can, it's an extension, um, an add-on for uh, Google Slides. And it, once you um, install this, there'll be a button up above next to the present button that says um, show with remote or connect remote. I think the words have change from time to time and you can use your phone then as a remote to control the presentation on your computer the remote is very simple forward and back there's it's not it's not a tough remote to, to manipulate and not a lot of features which some people are not happy with it like some features to you know maybe control the laser pointer or something like that but for for just a very simple wireless connected remote remote for slides is a is a good tool uh, the way it works is once it's hooked in there you would click um, present with the remote and they give you a code to for your phone to be connected to the pre presentation and then you're good to go remote for slides give it a look i hope you've enjoyed this episode of old dog new tech i'm jeff west Drop me a note, give me a review on iTunes, tell me what you think, and I hope your tech use is going well, and I hope the end of the school year is smooth, uh, as smooth as it can be. I think it's just fast and furious. Most, most of us teachers, I think we just hold on and keep working. It's just busy, busy, busy. 
uh, looking forward to this summer. And uh, I hope that as you close this out, that things move smoothly for you. And please, I'd love to hear from you. You take care now. This has been Old Dog New Tech with Jeff West. You can reach me at olddognewtech10 at gmail.com. That's olddognewtech10 at gmail.com. Send me an email or leave me a review on iTunes. And remember, when integrating tech into your classroom, don't try to be perfect. Just be patient.